Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss selling out Shrek and Basement Biden. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. Another week, Ryan. They just won't And we're stop. still alive. We're still here. They just keep coming at us. We keep living. And the weeks keep ha- happening. It's just like the great Smash Mouth song. The years start coming. They don't stop coming. I think those are the lyrics. I don't really know. You think I'd know at this point what the lyrics of uh, Rockstar are. It's All Star. All Star. See, I don't even know the name of the song. Fake Shrek <laughs> fan. I, I, uh, what, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. All Star is the name of the song. The years start coming and they don't stop, stop coming. Fed to the rules, and I hit the ground running. I don't know what that means. Um, it, he literally says the next line is, didn't make sense. <laughs> didn't make sense not to live for fun. Well, that I understand. He's like saying, uh, you know, it, to, it made sense to me to just live for just to have a good time. It, correct me if I'm wrong, speaking of Shrek. Was the, was the, is the, in the original Shrek movie, is the song Hallelujah used? The Leonard Cohen song, so or is, is it, it Shrek Two? Is it Shrek Two? I don't know. I don't remember. I guess I'm gonna have to Google Shrek Hallelujah now. I'm googling it right Shrek, now. I have I, to know. Uh, and it's Rufus Wainwright's uh, version. Yeah, it's in Shrek. It's in the original Shrek. Yes. What a fucked up situation. How did that end up in Shrek? The Shrek soundtrack, fucking. Bang! Okay, like I, don't I, I had a I mean, copy of the Shrek Smash soundtrack. Mouth, Smash Mouth has several songs on it, just for the, it, just for the. Okay, but the year was like what, two thousand one? Like here I am, <laughs> here I am googling Shrek soundtrack. This is what the this is what Tony wanted from this podcast. By the way, <laughs> was he wanted immediately for us to just get into a lengthy dissection of the songs uh, on the Shrek soundtrack? Uh, I mean, we've got. Neil Diamond, we've got yeah, Joan yeah. Jett, we've uh-huh. got Leonard Cohen. I don't see Not hold a on. bad roundup. I see, I see songs uh, written by those people, but not performed. I mean, I'm a believer. Yeah, 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 yeah. But performed I'm talking, by Don, you know, performed by Donkey. Sure, know? I'm talking. Uh, um, I was 11, and yeah. I didn't know any of these songs, so it was great. I mean, the eels are the eels are on the soundtrack. That's really interesting. I mean, bad reputation, really odd. A lot of popular songs on there. Anyhow, Shrek. My favorite thing is the Shrek meme uh, where he's like disintegrating. He's like, I don't feel so good, Donkey. <laughs> which like, which like is, and I don't want to do a spoiler, but it is like very, it seems to be referencing uh, something from Wild Palms, which you know I've talked about many times. This ABC miniseries uh, from the 90s uh, Wait, about. What? Yeah. I thought it's so, Endgame. Okay. Yeah, maybe, but the way it's done is it seems to me to be referencing something very specific in Wild Palms that happens, which I don't want to spoil for anybody who hasn't seen Wild Palms. And so I've I always think of it, and maybe it is referencing Endgame, but I think it actually predates Endgame. Hold on. 
I don't feel so good. You know, donkey. art is it's it's in the eyes of the beholder. So. Is that I don't feel so good, donkey? Is this the, is this the? Uh, yeah. So I guess it's an, it is an Endgame meme. <laughs> I guess it is an Endgame meme. But the way he's like pixelating in these like triangles, yeah, is very visually reminiscent of something that happens in Wild Palms, which I'm not going to say specifically what it is. And I think if you watch it and see it, you'll be like, oh, yeah, because also it's like, but then again, I mean, maybe it's actually maybe Endgame is referencing this Wild Palms thing, which would be crazy, but not totally impossible. I mean, you know, there are some real heavy hitters making Wild Palms like Oliver Stone, you know, and uh, some great directors like Catherine Bigelow. Anyhow, I didn't mean to digress into Wild Palms fan theories, but here we are. So anyhow, this week happened. It's uh, the end of the week. And, you know, it's been a big one. We got ourselves a VP, you know, one that you love. Yeah. We got I'm ourselves. So, so over the moon. Cop uh, Mala. Cop Mala. <laughs> no, there's like one Kamala. nation under arrest. Was one, my nation under arrest. Yeah, one nation under arrest. Uh, Kamala. Well, I listen, I personally am fine with her. I'm like, she's great. I think she's terrific. I have no strong opinion. Um, a lot of people have strong opinions, though. I mean, I'm like to with both of the both the the Democratic nominee, Joe Biden and the VP now, Kamala Harris. I'm like, f- whatever, like just let's can we get four years of 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 people running the government like like in some normal way? Sure. But the reason that I'm very loudly and vocally critical of them is that yes. i think if they listened to specifically my feedback they they'd have a better chance at winning why aren't they they'd have a better to... chance at winning yeah i mean i'm not disagreeing well i mean i think I, I do feel like we're in a situation i want them to win and i think saying medicare for all helps them win yeah 70 percent of americans like medicare for all they need to make it real i don't get the controversy i don't really don't I, how is it like we're going to give everybody health care just be here, like i think but i think here's the controversy Healthcare yeah. companies bribe them they give them a bunch of money to spend on well i think ads. also but i think also biden's thing was always like you know which i think gets a little bit lost in the shuffle he's always like yes like of course i support medical medicare for all and medical coverage for all americans but but how do we pay for it? Where is it? How, you know, the math doesn't make sense. And I think it's like what they should do is say, if that's his like line, I'm like, okay, I totally get you need to do the math on it. Uh, I don't buy that. Of course, I mean, like you could yeah, do it let's if you buy want a to. Couple more, um, let's buy a couple less helicopters made out of diamonds for the military. Right, like, right, we went but, to the fucking moon. I think we can give everybody a trip to the fucking doctor. But I think what they, I think what they need to do is just basically be like, um, we're going to figure out the we're going to figure out the math. We're going to make the math work. That should be the line. Be like, "You know what? I support it. We're going to do it. We need to make sure we get the math right, but we we want to make sure every American is covered and 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 it uh, you know, it that it's a right of the of the uh you know, that it's a it's a right if you're an American citizen that you have that you're not going to be turned away uh if you have if you need healthcare, especially on the heels of the fucking pandemic which we are still getting walloped by, which we <laughs> are still like leading. Thing. You know, it's like, it's like, just say, you know how much money we would have saved if everyone was able to like access healthcare at the beginning of the pandemic, like, like we like, would have saved trillions of dude, dollars. I mean, what would be really sick right now is if like, I mean, they're not going to do, they're not going to touch Bernie because Bernie, because you see, by the way, so I want to talk about Kamala for a second. I mean, 
I want to talk about like the the reaction to her because, but I do want to get back to this. But like, they really should have like they should just put together like a dream team of like Democratic brains and go like, here's who's going to do what in my administration, and he should be like Bernie's going to be in charge of figuring out medical uh, Medicare for, Medicare for all and you know four other things that are like Bernie's trip, you know. And like Elizabeth Warren's going to do this in this role and like just be like, we're going to bring all of this to the table and get it done. And that's why you should be voting for us. But like, yeah, I know. Don't you think like Nancy Pelosi is a very rich white woman? She doesn't want her taxes to go up. They don't. I don't think I don't think I don't think I don't think Nancy Pelosi cares about that. I don't think she does. I think they care about I think they care about I think they really believe. I don't think Nancy Pelosi is like, I don't want people to have health care. I don't think she gives a shit. No, I think she doesn't want her taxes to go up and she doesn't want to lose power. I don't think she cares about taxes. I don't even think it's about losing power. I think I think Nancy Pelosi, if she felt I think Nancy Pelosi's pursuit of power is the thing that is causing her to be. And I don't know how much she's actually said publicly about Medicare for all, if anything, but like her pursuit of power is the thing that makes them all, all of them scared to talk about ideas that they think could be too quote unquote radical. And so they don't like, I think like the, cause you see what's happening, right? And this actually brings us full circle to Kamala, which is like, you see the reaction from the right, the reaction from like Trump and his cronies is like, she's a radical leftist uh, will destroy, smash the state, wants to destroy the government, wants to change Americans' way of life. <laughs> They're going like, to do that song and dance either no, no, way. I know, they have I like know. two insults. I hear you. No, I hear you. But, but the, but, you know, Biden can always say at this point, he can always say like, look, folks, you know, I was your VP under Obama. Your way of life didn't change. We got you more Medicare. You know, we got you more medical coverage, blah, blah, blah. And be that like the centrist guy. And he's always going to be able to go like if as long as he stays like centrist Joe Biden, he's always going to be able to go like okay, but like the record here's the record, right? But what's interesting about Kamala is like they're like she's radical, she's the hard left, she's like the she's going to turn America into Seattle or whatever. If which only, is like, if which only, is like, isn't Seattle like there's legalized weed and really good coffee everywhere? Like I don't that sounds great to me. Like I'm fine with that. There's like I like how they make it seem like because there's like some protests going on in Seattle. And some like stuff got, you know, smashed or whatever. It's like the the people in Seattle are living in, you know, they're in, it's like war torn, blown out. It's like they're living in like high rises that have been bombed repeatedly. And it's like they're in tents on the street and it's like war torn. It's like it's fucking Seattle. You know, Microsoft has its headquarters there. You know, it's like not I mean, I know they're a little bit outside of Seattle or whatever, but getting back on on to the, to the topic that I really wanted to discuss. So on the right wing they're like she's a radical leftist you know also like she's black like they're like oh everybody can't stop talking about her her race like they are so obsessed like there's something really wrong with the republicans they're like i've seen republicans yeah, they're phrenologists <laughs> i mean there's so many republican commentators that are like you know she's not really african-american it's like listen why is this a topic for you at all why are you talking about it why is it so important to you to discuss it it is historic i just want to say historic uh, to, to, that we have a you know potentially uh, a black woman vice president in America that's very fucking exciting. Um, her specific blackness, like in terms of like, but these Republicans are like specifically. Just to be clear, she's not the kind of black that we're talking about when we talk. It's like what what why are you discussing this? Um, so there's one there's that whole thing with the right wing. They're so fucking disturbed. But then on the on the on our side of the fence, 
there's like all of like the Bernie, like you and everybody else. There's a lot of people who Hello. are very, who are very, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the left wing, the left wing of the left wing who are like, fuck this cop. She's basically a Republican. Yeah. Yeah. She's worse yeah. than she's worse yeah. than uh, fucking Bloomberg. You know, and it's like it's like I'm like okay. I don't think she's worse than Bloomberg. No, That's I know you don't say that. I'm not saying case. you're saying that, but there are people who are like she's like America's top cop. She's like oh she you know, is. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, she, listen, listen. My I thing think with there's her, a, I think we're losing some nuance. I think she's done things that are good, and she's done things that are bad, and there's probably some nuance to the things that she's done that we all disagree with, or that we would have liked to see uh, to have done better. That if you dig into it, you know, different time, different place, different set of circumstances, different America. You know, here's here's my thing with her, and I, I don't think she'll be a bad president, like in the spectrum of bad presidents. She's not. If she was to be the president, I don't think she would be. Bush, I don't even think she would be as bad as like, you know, a mediocre president. I, I I think my thing with her is she operates, there's two things. She operates from a place of like as a prosecutor and she operates from this idea that like the criminal justice system is the way that it is because that's how it has to be. Like there's a lot of like, you know, she talks a lot about like how labor in prisons like how she can leverage that and how like she can keep productivity up and it's like uh well i don't think that we should have slaves at all <laughs> um and that's what prison labor is right. um and and she she also i don't think she's the right person for this moment i get why they chose a black woman but to me it's a very shallow reading of the politics of the moment because i don't think the black community looks at her as someone who will address police brutality or issues um of race at least not from the black friends that i've spoken to and i certainly don't think that she's going to make a big impact on police brutality or issues of race i so mean just to be just to be weird, clear just to be it's clear a really as weird a, moment as a presidential candidate she released plans outlining her vision i'm reading from the new york times for criminal justice reform and how to stand up for black america as part of the plans Ms. Harris called for ending mass incarceration, cash bail, and the death penalty, creating a national police systems review board, making attending historically black colleges and universities debt-free for students, and many other measures. I'm just saying that was her plan as a presidential candidate. Sure. I mean, uh, but also her plan was like, I will, we will do tuition forgiveness for Pell Grant recipients who are running a business in an underserved community for more than three years. It's that kind of like obfuscation, like under tons of bureaucracy, you get this little credit, that kind of stuff. And also you just said, look at their, look at Biden's record. I mean, my issue with her is that just like, there are so many horrifying clips of her being like, I fucking love cops and what they do is great. Right, Arrest right. them, kids. Well, but in her, and those in her clips role, are not going to help I mean, us. I get I that. I just want to win. I don't think that she is someone who's yeah, going to help think, us win. Well, I don't think she, I don't, I think, I think that there are, I think you would be surprised to learn how many of the people who go out and voted for, went out and voted for Biden uh, in the primaries when people were going out and voting. And by the way, a Biden, <clears throat> not w- widely really discussed, but Biden actually had like some record numbers of turnout. And like a big part of that was like older people. I don't know how much like you've looked into the numbers, but it's really insane because everybody was like, Bernie's going to turn out the youth vote. And like what actually weirdly happened is Biden turned out this like old vote. But um, anyhow, but not to digress too much. I agree with you. I don't think that she hurts the ticket as much as you think she hurts the ticket. Because I think there are a lot more people who are like middle of the road. And this is what the Democrats all believe. 
there are a lot of people who are middle of the road that are looking for middle of the road solutions that are looking for calm, competent, like nobody's changing their mind or getting excited if they weren't already about Biden. I agree. I don't think this is suddenly like I think if you'd have picked Warren, now I think Warren, it would have like or Stacey Abrams. Yeah, or, there right. is a number of people that I mean that would have I think if it, excited say, and united. Let's take Stacey Abrams and Warren as a as a two other options, right? Both would have would have more radical, rightfully so, uh, policies probably around the stuff that we're talking about. Again, would, just just want to pause. Radical being the viewpoint of like where the Overton window is, but none of their ideas are in fact radical. Not radical. No, no, not radical. Like not radical. Like it's going to destroy the world. More like radical comparatively Robust. to the radical <laughs> radical comparatively to the democratic centrist. Uh, sort of policy making, right? Yes, and and uh, radical to I, the corporate. You have concerns. to, but you have to know that, like the the entire. I mean, I think the entire Biden calculation right now, to the point that I was making about that turnout, is we don't want to freak out the people who Trump is desperately trying to freak out, who are old and scared, and right now are unhappy. And if they feel like we're gonna like make them somehow more unhappy and more scared. Than they yeah. already are, they're going to go like, well, I, you know, I'm just going to stick with what's going on now because we don't want to change this mid, yes. you know, mid, we don't want to turn this try to sh turn the ship around mid journey or whatever. Yeah, you know? obviously, and their whole strategy has been stick Biden in a basement and let Trump trip over himself in public for as I mean, long as possible. And, and 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 listen, you know, not the worst strategy given what we've got I know, going I agree. on. I agree. I know. I 100 agree. Given the, way, the I, candidates, that is what. Absolutely. I want to speak. I'd like doing. to speak. I'd like to speak on Joe. Joe Biden uh, has was was referred to like 20 years ago. He somebody called him a walking gaff machine. And for 20 years or longer, whatever, his entire political career, Joe, Joe Biden has been a person who's he's not like George Bush in that like he's actually stupid. Like George Bush was like actually dumb when he spoke. Joe Biden is now part of this is because I know that he had a stutter when he and he's like actually has trouble speaking. Part of it is, I think, just because he's like kind of a guy who says shit that like it's like the edit button doesn't work as well as it should. And like, I'm like, I get it. We've all been there. But like, I just want to point something out that Laura sent to me today. Um, so George Saunders has uh, the writer has a um, an email. He has an email list or whatever. Like, a, 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 sorry, a um, uh, what do you call them? A newsletter <laughs> email list. And he says that a sub stack. <laughs> and he says he has a long thing about Joe Biden reading Lincoln and the Bardo. Which is a, a, a you know critically acclaimed. I don't know if you've ever read it, but it's I, I actually started listening to the audiobook, which is insane because it's it's a George Saunders novel, but it's 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 like uh, the the audiobook version of it is like read by like twenty different people, um, and hmm. they're all really famous, like Nick Offerman and all these people. Um, at any rate, G George Saunders is like, oh yeah, um, like a couple of years ago or a year ago. Joe, Joe Biden read Lincoln and the Bardo and he wouldn't stop talking to me about it. He was like obsessively talking to me about it. So like people are like, oh, his brain is broken. He can't think or whatever. Like I think Joe Biden's brain is fine. I don't think he has dementia. I think Trump has fucking dementia. I think Trump has a broken brain. And I'm not just saying that as a partisan thing. He's like what he does and what he says is like really difficult to follow and sounds like the confused language of a person whose brain isn't functioning. I think Joe Biden is prone to saying and doing things that are like, really seem really dumb and but it has nothing to do with his like Very cognitive unself-aware yeah it's like i mean I like think it's, i think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a combination of like 
he seems like honestly in some ways like he's like a little too casual sometimes when he's talking like like you know he made that comment about like you're not black if you're voting for trump like i i can't imagine joe biden saying that to somebody he knows well you know like if he's like yeah. having a having a debate with like a, a, you know somebody that he's like you know a, let's say a, a, another member of the democratic party a black member of the party and they're having a debate about it you know i could see them having that in like a small group but it's not something you'd like say like on the radio to like an interviewer like you'd be like yeah i think i'm gonna hold that heated comment it's like that kind of stuff it's like i feel like his edit button is broken anyhow but to your point about I hiding mean, him in the basement i, I do I, think I, 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 we should acknowledge that, that there are very separate standards for joe biden and donald trump because obviously donald trump <laughs> is way worse yeah. i mean like it's not even close no, but I mean, there are like, different standards for democrats trump, all, trump, always tr- well, they are right. It's like Al Franken. I mean, it's like we're Al Franken. There was like a picture of him, and then we're like, "You're gone. Sorry, buddy. You're out." He, he, you know? he like squeezed his hands in front of a woman's breasts and said "wah wah" in the '90s, and like they're like, "You're done. fired. His Sorry, your entire career in politics is now garbage and flushed down the toilet." But you it's know, like wild. Look, Meanwhile, pedophiles are running on the GOP I mean, ticket it's, it's on so, like the, the strength of the QAnon base. It's so incredible. It is so incredible to see the tall the levels of tolerance. You know, they're like, I mean, Trump, Trump, like the other, like yesterday was like, oh, they're like the, um, you know, he was talking about the suburbs being invaded by, you know, with low income housing, you know, which is just him saying black, black people and other brown people coming to your white neighborhoods and yes. you should be scared of it. And he's like, you know, the, 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 the suburbs are like 35% uh, uh, non-white. He's like, I, I like to cut it down and say 30% though. It's like, okay like what? you know you it's like you know you said that out loud like you know you're like what you just said was in public like you're just literally admitting that you like to tell people there's fewer people of color in the suburbs because that's a narrative that works better for your base and it's racist it's like <laughs> all right sure why not he's he's like pretty nice levittown you got there be ashamed if some black people moved in. it's so it's so crass I mean, they're probably like, just are, it, is it the fucking 50s what are we talking it's so, about i'm sorry i'm i'm sorry it really is the party i don't know i don't understand it i it used to be i used to get this thing where people were like uh you know they're you know it's like they're fiscal it's fiscal conservatives or whatever yeah, you know I'm, or they're like I'm, I'm socially liberal but i'm a fiscal or, conservative I or they're like responsible or they're like hawkish more like war you know more like uh uh gotta defend democracy worldwide gotta protect you know americans across the globe blah 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 like war hawk shit that i sort of understand like i at least can be like i get the mentality i get the, the mindset the the party now is like what are the, what is your platform it like you hate black people that's the platform like you it's don't contrarian. what is it it's, like who it, is it? it literally the literally the platform now every single thing is own the libs fuck off those fuck those fags fuck black people own the libs own yeah. anybody that would appear on the television series glee because it insults me and makes me feel like less of a man so let's fucking own the libs at every turn oh the libs want me not to die from a viral pandemic well guess what bitch i'm gonna, I'm die, gonna die from yeah, a no. viral pandemic this like, is fuck, like what this what is like talking about? i tweeted this thing this this uh, last night it's like this um sheriff in um this sheriff in Florida is like, I've sent a memo. I'm instructing my officers to stop wearing masks and, and anybody who comes into our, you know, uh, precinct, you know, or whatever, doesn't have to wear a mask. And it's like, uh, just to be clear, like he was like, you know, there's just as much evidence saying masks don't do anything as there is saying that they do. And it's like, mm, that's just made up. You, 
just <laughs> just pulled that out of thin air and isn't true. Oh, evidence being uh, Facebook comments? Yeah, I'm pretty sure those are 50 like, I see just as much <laughs> evidence if I look at my Facebook feed on any given day. Um, anyhow, but you know, it's like, it's this thing. It's like, you know how fucking, this is so dumb. Like, how is it possible to be so dumb? I'm sorry, like, the it's like, I how how are you like, what the mass thing is like, how did it become politicized? I mean, Trump made it a political issue. The leadership is so insane. It's like we could have stopped so much of this death. I mean, Donald Trump could have personally stopped so much death if he had had a clear policy and had followed what the scientists all were saying. All of this was preventable. All of it. I mean, no, all there would have been we no, had a not fair all of warning. it. There would have been there would have been some infections. There would have been some outbreaks. But like, I mean, by the way, I mean, just. If we had had a task force, if he hadn't disbanded it, if New we had New Zealand been, is COVID free and they have I less know. money than we do. Well, New Zealand, you can't, I mean, New Zealand is like, it's such a small country and they have such, I mean, they have people who actually, they have good leadership. That's obviously a big part of it. There are plenty of countries where they had bad outbreaks, but then they got them under control. They only yeah, got them Italy. under control, Italy. They only got them under control because at the top level of the government, the leadership said, we are going to enforce strict you know, isolation, mask wearing, uh, sanitation, all this stuff. We're going to enforce it. And it's going to be like, you will go to jail if you don't do it. You will be fined if you don't do it. You know, there were people like being arrested for not doing it. And like in this country, you know, I mean, Trump wanted to, he, he like wanted to turn it into this fucking partisan issue. Like, and now like people are just dying for no reason. They're just fucking dying. And there's a whole group of people and maybe it's not that many, but they seem to be out there. Uh, that you know are just like they think it's like a political issue and that they're making a statement about their politics if they wear a mask or don't wear it and it's like you the only statement you're making is about your fucking brain and how broken it is you know well that was the thing when trump was like when i see people wearing masks i think they're just saying they don't like me and it was like bud i think about you a lot but not that fucking much i just don't want to die like I, i'm not putting something on my face every day that's like and we can openly say listen it's not comfortable nobody's like oh i love wearing a mask but it's not so uncomfortable as to be worth like killing people and you certainly can forget it's on but i'm not before i leave the house every day being like i need to get a, a mask put it on my face and walk around with it on my face all day just to like own trump if anything that just tells me like that's the way that they think they would do that they would go through any hoop if they felt like it would upset liberals and right. and and they have this construction in their head of of who liberals are and what they like want. I had like a Twitter interaction like a year ago, maybe more than that. And someone was tweeting at me furiously and in good faith being like, why are you people like this? We just want like, we just want enough to take care of our families and we don't want the government to overtax us or to get us involved in stuff we don't want to be involved with. What are you not understanding? And it's like, we want the same thing, brah. Like we want the exact same thing you do. We just disagree on the method to get it because we're using like research to point us to the answer rather than what feels right. Right. And it's like, it, it's, fr it's very frustrating because they, there's this idea that like, that like my, that my agenda as like a queer person who like is a writer. Oh, my agenda is to take all of your fucking money and fucking give it to people who don't work anymore so that they can just lay around. And it's like, no, I, you're not listening to like actual, the actual situation or like what people need. Like, do you want to solve homelessness or no? Do you want to get people back on their feet? Do you want to get people involved in the economy again? Or are you just like 
suffering for suffering's sake. And all of which to say, like, I, I hope my one thing with Kamala that I hope that she's able to do, and I'm going to keep pushing her to do it is Biden clearly doesn't break through and get Republicans to like, he doesn't neutralize their attacks so much as he does a really good job of selling like the status quo. Like he's like, but things are fine or like things were fine or things could be fine again. Um, And I want someone to be able to break through and be like, what they're saying is like wrong. Things are bad and we're going to try something new to fix them. And like being able to get that point across that like, it's okay to try a new thing to fix a problem. You don't have to accept dying of COVID. Like we can, there are things we can do and we, it's worth trying. And like, I think Obama did a really good job of shaping that message with like the hope and change stuff. It got people, like people just got it. People understood like, yeah, fuck this. Let's change stuff. And like, that was a good thing that we did that. You know what I mean? Like his presidency wasn't perfect, but like, it's better to try stuff than it is to just be like, it's always going to be shit. And the only way to get ahead is to like crush minorities further. Like, right. Yeah, I, I mean, it's anyhow. Oh, it's uh, you know, it's I just a I feel like we 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 also it's hard for us and probably Tony because we're also yeah. up close to this for so long, like just seeing the horror. It's hard sometimes to step back and have perspective because we're all so frustrated and we just want this to be over, and and that's like a powerful uh, yeah. feeling and it makes you it, it but it, it but it it keeps you it, it gives you motivation to do stuff but it keeps you from like being objective about the situation and like what it will take to fix it and i i, I sometimes i just i feel like nobody in this country is able to take a few steps back and look at the overall picture you know what i mean yeah no it's it's uh oh, i just want i just need need to end this chapter I know. <laughs> you know, like it's just things are on the table that like we're not on the table. Okay, I know you people have problems with Obama, but like things are on the table now in America that were really not on the table during uh Obama's eight years. Like yeah. abortion, like access to abortion and you know, and and uh planned parenthood. It wasn't on the table. They wanted it to be, but they couldn't get it on the table, you know? Uh I mean, you know, uh, rights for for LGBTQ, like that stuff was moving in the right direction. It was moving in the correct direction. It was more inclusive. There were more laws being created that that uh, that made it clear what people's rights were uh, and that people had rights. You know, like literally it's like one of the you know, we forget it now because it's like it's so long ago. And so much shit has happened, but you think about like the trans military ban, which like literally every, even the, all of the people in the military were like, this doesn't make sense and we don't want it and we don't need it. Trump had to do it to like get his base, like focused to on own some, those fucking libs. Well, just also to like, also they, like that women uh, don't have dicks. Like, yeah, or just okay. like, but, ju- but just, it's not even that. I don't even think it's that specific of a commentary. I think it is like, Hey, you white old Americans who like things the way they were. I'm going to just do everything I can to get, keep it the way it was, you know, and we're not going to talk about that other stuff. We're not going to let, you know, we're not going to let these trans people invade our military. It's like all that like fear mongering when even the military itself is like, yeah, we don't care actually. Like it's not an issue. And so like, so you, there's so many things that have just happened where we're like, now we're having debates about, okay, like public, like, like, like the fucking national parks, like are under threat 
in like they are now like under threat of private development because Trump repealed a bunch of protections. And it's like, why are we talking about this? They're national fucking parks, fucking oil pipelines that were absolutely not going to happen are happening because Trump was like, yeah, I'm going to repeal all the shit that prevented it. You know, like the EPA, the CDC all have been but fucking these are the stripped. people who like worship teddy roosevelt or the people who are like i worship abraham lincoln right, i right. worship those presidents and it's like do you know anything about what they thought or did anything right, at all right do you right. know any history yeah like, have you ever read a, have you ever cracked a book and by the way just like they're not now, just statues of white dudes who look mask that's not just like what they are yeah i mean it's it's and now we're talking about the postal service and the Postal Service, which has been under attack by Republicans for many years, is like literally one of America's most important, oldest institutions that is like responsible for like America, partially responsible for America even existing in the way that it does. And like it we're, gonna, being, we're not going to have fucking mail? We're not going to have libraries? No, what and are like, talking about? And like, the, like, mail, like the mail system in America is like responsible for things like, you know, keeping records of where people live. Like it's really important. Like they, it's an, a very, very important service, and it, which which has only been you know attacked and beaten up by politicians for the last like fifty years or so. But literally, there are so many people in so many communities in so many places in this country that rely on the postal service to do what it does. And like, if you, I mean, I don't know how well you know your uh, your you know neighborhood postal workers. You know, I know that they get a lot of shit. People make fun of them. You know, people go, like going postal and the postal, like the postal, you know, USPS offices being like insane lines and stuff. By the way, that's all because their funding has been stripped away over exactly. and over again. And um, the reason that postal workers get a bad rap is because they're under a ton of pressure with no funding in a yeah. job and a thankless I mean, physical labor job. I mean, we've tried, we've used this free market bullshit to try to strip away the power of the post office. If you go to other countries, socialist countries like France or like England or like Italy or any, really any other. By the way, developed- socialist again, by our standards in the rest of the world, just totally centrist, fairly right. conservative. But they countries. have. But they have basic socialist ideas in place, like the yeah, postal well, we service. Yeah. The postal service is a resource that should be, you know, represented by and supported by the government for all of the citizens because it's a vital, uh, you know, it's a vital. Um, it's like component. a fire department. You yeah, can't it's like a, not it's, have a fire it's, department. It's a vital component of like life in that country or whatever. You know, their postal fucking systems are awesome, and in America. Honestly, the USPS has done an amazing job. Amazon would not exist without the Postal Service. There would be no Amazon. You would not UPS get UPS and FedEx would not exist. Right. They send their not, packages through the Postal Service. You would not get your fucking two-day prime delivery in any situation where the post office wasn't at work functioning at full capacity. And Trump is like literally in broad daylight installing people in the in the in the Postal Service at the top jobs trying to strip away what it does and obviously in as we lead up to the election where he has been the one thing that Trump does consistently you can guarantee you can fucking bet on is like projection his if Trump says somebody is doing something it means he is doing it if Trump says there's going to be widespread mail fraud and voter fraud it means he is trying to and would like to commit that particular crime and like and make no mistake about it, he is in broad daylight 
in front of everybody doing it right now with the Postal Service. What he is doing is going to make mail-in voting a complete fucking shit show because it serves his purposes, which is to stay in power and to steal the election if he can, which he would in a heartbeat. I mean, they've already said, like, yeah, we'll take help from foreign countries if they want to give it to us to, like, defeat Joe Biden. They definitely will manipulate the Postal Service if it helps them win. And so we should all be very fucking worried about that shit. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, yes, Republicans have been trying to destroy the Postal Service and to some degree, some Democrats as well, who are, you know, to your point, getting lobbied by the FedExes and the UPSs of the world. Um, But never before have we been in a situation where we're like, we're literally dealing with like an internal destruction of the Postal Service at the hands of the president to manipulate a fucking upcoming election. I mean, that is just like beyond the pale, just way, way over the top, like stuff that we've never been talking about or thinking about in this country before. So I never, to- I never do this. I never do this. I never, ever do this. And, and you, and Tony, forgive me, but I am owed this one. Wow. Remember Hillary Clinton's emails? <laughs> <laughs> How about Benghazi? How about Benghazi? Remember the tan suit? Like I, I, I just, every once in a while I do, for my own sanity, have to step back and be like, yeah, there are very different standards for like for the sane party. Like the, the insane very, party is allowed to do whatever it wants. Very different standards. And like what's crazy <gasps> is what's crazy is and I and I will say like I'll, like uh, it's a big fuck you to the to the news media. Um the way they yeah. write these fucking headlines to t- consistently, they consistently downplay <clears throat> in this in this excuse me. And this desire for whatever fairness they believe they're creating or whatever. They just don't want to get yelled at. That's all like, that it is. They're like, they don't want to get like, yelled at by Hicks. They're like, they're like you know, uh, the new postmaster general raises concerns. It's like, raises concerns. He's literally created a situation where they're like, they can't deliver the mail on time now. Like, people are like, yeah, they've changed the rules internally so like we can't get mail delivered. They're like telling people to like leave mail on the floor in fucking mail rooms. Like, it's insane, you know? Anyhow, so uh, all I want, all I want, all I want in life right now is to go back to, I don't care how fucking mediocre and unsatisfying, I'm not saying this to you directly, but to anybody, how mediocre and unsatisfying and 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 uh, centrist and old school and um, like, you know, unexciting Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are. It just, like, let's just take a four-year four-year repair period before like just to do anything other than be in panic mode every day like i don't believe we'll be in panic mode right now every day is like a fucking four alarm fire and or five alarm what i don't know what the top alarm is it's all the alarms are going off and i just want to get to a place where we're just having you know regular small little blazes that can be put out with like one fire truck you know is that too much to ask I don't I think just, it is. I, I don't think this is going to be easy to fix. And I don't, I don't think well, no, it's not going to be easy to fix. It's been but... simmering for a very long time. Things have been falling apart for a very long time and they just started accelerating. At an yeah, but you'll, 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 your head will spin. If we get a Democrat controlled House, Senate, and White House, your head will spin at how quickly. Of course. I want to stop the bleeding. Of course. Right. Uh, it, but it I'm will... just saying this is going to be a. The rest of our lives, hopefully, will be spent, like, getting us back on track, getting the entire globe back on track to, like, a sustainable place. Because, like, we have so many apocalypses waiting in the wings that we're doing nothing about. Yeah. No, I know. I know. Anyhow. It's a perfect example. Sorry. Let's flip. No, that's good. Now to talk about Microsoft Surface Duo. (laughs) 
I literally had it loaded as my next thing. To okay, out. good. Good. Just going to flip it completely. So Ray Wong, uh, our senior reviews editor, uh, got a look at the um, new Microsoft dual screen. I mean, I think the thing that they've created, it's an Android phone. It's dual screen. It's not, it's a foldable phone, but it has two separate screens. So they're not like trying to create some bendable like screen technology. Um, and and it's like, it is about the size of a paperback book. It looks like when it's opened, um, maybe a little bit smaller. And I have to say, I was like panning this and like, this is vaporware and this is stupid. And I don't have any interest in this and I hate this and like, no, thank you. But I have to say, after reading Ray's piece on it, he got some uh, screen time. Obviously, couldn't do it in person with Microsoft, but he got some screen time with the uh, with the people behind this, um, uh, Panos Panay uh, and and some of the other folks who are who are running this project, and got a look at the um, you know got a look at the um, the uh, the device in you know in in real time, and got a bunch of like material on it. And I have to say, like I am much more interested in this than I thought I would be for a bunch of different reasons. Um, I do think that like Microsoft, I mean, and he talks about it, like they got the software, the dual screen software idea kind of right here in his estimation. And so the way it works with multitasking, the way it works with like taking stuff between apps, the way the two screens kind of react to what's, you know, one screen reacts to what's on the other screen. Like I actually do feel they have gotten much closer to the kind of, you know, the courier, which is the dream, you know, the leak from Microsoft that we saw like 10 years ago now that was like this awesome dual screen like book device. And this does almost seem like maybe they've gotten the beginnings of that project right. And it's like, it's actually kind of cool and kind of exciting. And like, I can see like for like gaming, for some productivity stuff, for like reading, um, I actually feel like, I mean, I wish that the bezels were small, where like there were fewer bezels on it, but Ray like, makes a great point, which is that this product makes no sense if you're out and about in the world and you need to check a text message. Like, that's not a thing that's, like, accessible on this product. But yeah. most people aren't doing that anymore. As a pandemic product or, like, I work from home product, a dream. It's yeah. a dream. It's the way it's that Evan said the fold was never interesting to him until he was, like, stuck in his apartment and he unfolded it and hooked a controller up to it and then, like, refolded it. It's like, oh, wait this is a great product for around the house, but like we weren't living around the house until recently. So I think they, they like lucked into something here. Yeah. I think um, I agree. And I think it's actually like a pretty attractive device. I mean, it's, it's very straightforward. It's very simple. You know, it, it, it follows a lot of, you know, to some degree, the surface design language. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a folding device with a windows logo on the back. I think it is, um, you know, obviously performance is going to be a big deal. The camera will be somewhat of a big deal. Although to your point, I mean, I, I take pictures of Zelda in the house, but like, even now we're taking way fewer pictures than we were taking because like, there's just not, we're not doing that much stuff, you know? Um, and, and so it is an interesting productivity device, like, or a sort of adapting device to go between like being productive and then just doing like casual shit. I do think like the idea of being able to have like slack up on one screen and twitter on the other would completely change the way that like like when i wake up you know and i'm still in bed and like we start like having conversations like early in the morning a lot of times like i'll sit in bed like on my phone and i'll be going between like slack and twitter and like email and just kind of like in feed readers and jumping in and out of like our early morning stuff before we're even in like vet mode you know when we start like really talking about stories this device would be really interesting for that purpose. Cause like if I needed to send a more wordy email 
like you could hypothetically flip it and type on a larger keyboard. Now, I don't know how that'll actually feel, but you know, given the fact that it's like a tiny little laptop, that could be interesting. The fact that you can have two apps side by side, the way that it does it, where it has these like pairings, I think is really interesting. And then the, the moving between those, like obviously everything is about the execution. You know, we have to see if they actually executed this right. But to that but, you point, know. I think having the separate screens as opposed to one large foldable screen or a screen that like snaps onto the device, like the LG, there's an LG phone that does that. Um, I think having two separate screens that you're required to interact with creates a paradigm where you, it, it became, creates a feedback cycle where it, it's used for the right purposes as yeah. opposed to like an iPad screen, which it feels like you should just use one app. But when I yes. turned it landscape yes. and used two apps, I get stuff done, but it never occurs to me to do that. So it just takes a long time to do anything. I think right. having the two screens forces you into trying it and using it and finding uses for it and in a way that will feel good because it actually will solve problems. I think what's interesting that I didn't quite get until I read this piece and watched some of the video is like it's specifically saying there's two screens here. And, and I think to your, yes. exactly to what you're saying, it's specifically saying like, this isn't like the fold wants you to turn one uh, small screens into a big screen. Like it wants you to turn like one screen that's small into a big screen, right? Yeah. And and the same with like the the my problem with like the the Z Galaxy Z Flip or the the Razer, which was a piece of shit, but like was that it didn't explain why the fold happened. It wasn't like yeah. there was no thing where I'm like, oh, yeah, this was the same. I think the same was true of the, gal the first Galaxy Fold and maybe the second where it's like, OK, it makes the screen bigger. But like, how does this really help me? Like, why is this like, why do I now have the bigger space? Is it just like you want to emulate? Of course, you could put some sides side by side apps, I guess. But like the fluidity of the dual screen thing, it wasn't like one over here, one over there it was like, OK, this whole space is yours to use, like as if it was a computer. Or an iPad, which is like you exactly to your point. You want to use a computer, obviously, as a windowed environment. On an iPad, it's a single app environment. But on a on a on a on a phone that folds open, most of them are kind of like, well, you can do multiple screens, or you could do one screen that's really big, and like it doesn't make a distinction about why or how you'd want to do it. This is specifically saying these are two environments. There's actually a great we have a video in the piece that shows you're looking up information about some place you're going. And then you open up Google Maps to look at how to get there next to it, right? And it's like really, or like email where you have your email list on the one side and then your messages opened on the other. It's like, oh yeah, that I totally get how that makes sense and why that would be a better experience and why they're like, you know, so if it spans or if it's like two apps next to each other, it's using this idea of two separate spaces in a way that is like very clear and deliberate in it. And I think that's like, has not been made clear and deliberate in other devices that do the same thing, right? That like open up. Yeah, I think, you know, to that point, like when I saw someone flip it open, turn it to the side and hold it like a clamshell device with a, using the keyboard on the bottom screen and the top screen, I went, oh my God, this is a Nintendo DS. And there's a reason why the Nintendo DS was such a hit. It wasn't because it was a vertical screen. Um, it wasn't because, because essentially that's what the iPhone is, right? Like it's a really long screen. And the DS, if you were to like remove that bar in the middle, it would be made one really long screen. And 
the games that were successful on the DS are not like iPhone games are successful because there is a bar in the middle, because it does close, because it creates two separate environments. So you can have the top environment be for consuming and the bottom environment be for interaction or inter like, or like input <laughs> pun intended. Um, and it made me be like, Oh, I would love to watch Netflix on the top screen and chat with someone who is also watching Netflix. Like my husband, when we're away from each other, that would be such a fun way to spend two hours. And I don't do that on my laptop and I don't do that on my phone. And it's just not a paradigm that exists for me at the moment, but something about having those two interaction environments makes that an application that like is feasible for me. And like, I think, you know, it's kind of surprising that Nintendo had such a huge hit on its hands with the DS and then nobody ever like went back to that well. You know what I mean? Like nobody ever was like, oh yeah, two screens. That's a good idea. <laughs> like we just didn't think about, like we just immediately went on to like iPhone, like no screens, no buttons or one yeah. screen, no, no, no yeah. buttons, no, no interaction except for your finger. Yeah. I mean, I think um, it's, it's, you know, listen, this product may be a total failure. And I think for, from a, from a, from a consumer perspective, there may not be a huge audience for this particular thing, you know, and, and I've talked to some people at Microsoft, you know, who've said uh, about this device, who said like, we know, we know this is like, not necessarily like, um, you know, we're not trying to be like, this is an iPhone competitor. And you know? good. There is an iPhone. It is very right. popular. Do something else. And that's what I like. And I think that, um, you know, I think that the, uh, they're, they're trying something different. And this is what they did with the original Surface. And like, listen, the original Surface kind of sucked. And it took a couple, it took a generation or two of that design to start for it to make sense. And like I, as a person who recently purchased a new Surface, and uses it every day as like my main computer and doesn't even think about my my Mac anymore for the You're most part. You're a service part. guy. You've, you've I'm a service guy. Service I do guy. I I do think like it you know for lots of different reasons they arrived at a place from a design standpoint. I do I still am annoyed about like lap use. I still think it's like a much worse lap experience, but the amount of time I'm spending like with the surface on my lap is actually very low, especially now that I'm at home and you know I'm like I've got like two separate workspaces that I use. But um but no to product the, but, is perfect, but at the end of the day, it, when Google makes a new Pixel, every time I think, okay, so it's trying to be the iPhone, but like I have an iPhone and right. I already bought a bunch well, of this apps is, for it. This is like Ray wrote this great piece about what 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 Google needs to do to kind of reboot the Pixel project, and I actually think like they should be going weird. They should be going more Google. They should be going more experimental. And like this to me is like this is experimental, but not in the way that like like the sam like you feel like with the fold samsung was like we can make a folding display and so let's make it and show people that we have this like crazy display and they didn't really know why it's a gimmick it, rather than like an actual yeah. design and it, and it was like kind of like rushed out and felt like a rushed product and broke accordingly and this feels a little bit more like i think it feels like they know a little bit more what they want to do with this and why it exists and it is like an experiment and you know, they're like, let's see what happens. And I'm sort of like, you know, I'm into it. I'm here for it. And like, also, I like the fact that I can use my Surface Pen on this. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, you're never going to create an, an entirely new product category without like trying some stuff. So yeah. like, I'm very happy that, to see someone trying some stuff. I like, I, and I said to Ray, I was like, what does this do better than anything else? 
and he didn't have like a super clear answer but the longer i sat on that question and like after i read the piece and i was thinking about it over the last couple days it's like it's okay that we don't have an answer because this does enable other stuff and we will find out what that is and this doesn't have to be like the big like blockbuster product that changes the world in its first like version like it probably shouldn't like let's put it out there and see what people figure out for it right um one thing i'll say do they not include a micro sd slot on this Mm, i feel like they don't have them either and i feel like that's a big miss on a product like this that's very disappointing but i feel like that would have that would have pushed this over the edge if it is for an at-home phone like it's an at-home device i mean you're on wi-fi and everything's in the cloud like i'm not i'm not saying it's a great it's great it's it obviously sucks but uh right i'm it's like not sitting, the I'm, worst. I'm literally sitting here thinking about pre-ordering it which i definitely should not do um yeah definitely don't like i definitely should not do uh but wait for courier two. everybody's happy when they get version two yeah i don't know they should call it the courier oh god i just called it the courier because in my mind that is what i call it sorry the surface duo too um God, do you remember? I mean, probably not because you were like doing it professionally. I saw the courier video and I like I it captured my imagination for so long. Like I was like, God, I want that. I wish that was real. I wish that was happening. And Microsoft's like, it was such a specific moment for them to be like, no, we're not doing that because it was like, I don't feel this way about anything you make, including the Xbox. So like, just make the courier. Yeah. I would have bought the fuck out of that. Oh, God. Those were the days, man. Those were the days. What else is going on? What else is happening out there? What else happened this week? It's been a crazy week. Feels like it's flown by. Um, I remember every Tuesday is like, I'm like, it's Tuesday. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> it feels like it's always Tuesday now. It's we're all just a perpetual Tuesday. No, I mean, I, I feel the weekend creeping up. I mean, I'm like, I'm going to have a weekend. You know, I think I use the weekends more now than I used to. Yeah, I, I see that. I mean, I do value them more than I ever have because it's not like I can go out with my coworkers to a bar after work. Like when I have time to like do anything that's for me, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Because yeah. during the week, I'm not kidding. And this isn't like even really a complaint. It's just my life now is mostly work. And like I do watch TV at the end of the night, at, at, like, you know, in the, watch yeah. a couple episodes of something with yeah. John but my life at this point is just work. So like weekend is like a time to force stop that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it is valuable. I think but, I'm losing my voice. I can't tell what's going on, but like uh, my voice is getting very scratchy. Sorry. I mean, I'm just, just saying, that, that, you know, if I suddenly sound like garbage, that's because uh, my body is rebelling and doesn't want me talking, which is probably, you know, makes a lot of sense, actually. I thought that maybe we should talk about the Billie Eilish thing because it's just so funny. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Billie Eilish did an ad for Deutsche Telekom um, about Gen Z's phone addiction. And like, you know, I get it. I'm an old man, you know, so I can't really speak on these matters without getting um, called a boomer. But uh, it's like just funny because it's like our phone addiction is good, says Billie Eilish and this huge company that literally their business is like thriving because of your phone addiction. <laughs> That's and, the thing is like if Billie Eilish had existed in the nineties and had even collaborated with like Pepsi, people would be like, go fuck her. And, like right. Whatever. And instead right. she's like, in nowadays she creates a short film where she's like, in fact, telecoms are good things and they're your friend. And, yeah, it's like, more. Tel- and people it's like are telecoms like, rule. 
People are like, people yes, are like, queen. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when Fiona Apple went on stage at the VMAs and told everyone that the whole thing was bullshit? Like, well, like I don't want to. Yeah, that. I don't. I don't want to be the Gen X guy. You know, I feel like I'm like uh, selling out isn't cool. You know, and like when things are really popular, sometimes they're really good, but often it just means that they suck and are for you know everybody, and that's not cool. But like, and now I feel like it's uncool to think that it's uncool to sell out, which is a weird. Uh, I mean, the way I see it, and I don't want to be that guy harshing on your generation yucking your yum (laughs) yeah i don't want to yuck your yum the worst phrase ever created (laughs) which i believe is a phrase that millennials created um but the the idea like all of this stuff like when like like lil yachty does the sprite ad it's like that's just corporate culture convincing you that like if you think that like if you think that like um capitalism is bad and that like the old people in power need to have that power stripped away so we can find a better way to exist as a society. If you're like a Bernie bro and yet you're like pro the fucking Billie Eilish X Deutsche Telekom ad that like encourages phone addiction. It's like, you just are, your, your priorities are all fucked up. It's a philosophy of accepting the, it's, it's like these brands are inevitable. So be happy that she was chosen. Right. It's success. like, it's like, yeah, it's, it's like, like, I get the, I don't think they're inevitable. I get it's like, I get it's like, get that money. Like, I understand that, but like the money's coming from the people who keep you, who keep you down, keep in a form of, of, of capitalistic bondage, you know? And like, by the way, before Kanye completely lost his shit, he talked about like the fashion world and, and his relationship with it and the relationship that the culture had with the fashion world that that his culture had with it and like i i thought it was really a fucking interesting like i was like like he's saying stuff that other people don't say and that's really exciting kanye west is like aggressively gen x in my opinion like his whole vibe is very gen x and like and that was like when he wasn't completely insane that was really fucking interesting because there weren't a lot of like there weren't a lot of people in pop music saying the shit that he was saying, which was like reject some of the shit that we're told is what we should desire, right? Well, it's the it's the Lady Gaga transition from that, right? Like, so Lady Gaga was like ironically tongue in cheek, being like, "I love fame, I love brands, like I'm gonna wear a Kermit dress," like being as tongue in cheek about it as possible. But the problem with that is it's sort of like ironic racism, where at a certain point you are just doing collabs with beats, you know right? What I like, mean? At some point, like you're. <laughs> You're like a fake representative of Polaroid for no reason, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, um, and you know, so it's like, anyhow, so like, I, I you know, Billie Eilish, I, she's talented. She's very interesting. She wears big shirts. That's great. You know, I think. Um, she but certainly the, spends a lot of time on upkeeping that hair. I don't know yeah, how she keeps that haircut. I, but I think, um, you know, but I think that like, I, I don't know. I just feel like. Um, I think we can do better. I want our, I want the pop artists to do better and come yeah. up with like more. I like, want Gen be- Z to get like a core belief and stand by it. Cause right now, like they're just nihilistic chaos and like laughing at the world burning. And like, I totally get that impulse. I get why you guys got there. Um, but my generation, even for all our like simpering faux earnest, like fucking mason jar doggo culture and as annoying as we are we do like deeply deeply want to fix things and try and i wish that gen z would like help us try well, a little i think I, I i actually do think i mean to the point of the the billy eilish ad while my voice has somewhat come back which is maybe it's billy eilish's influence on my existence um to the point of that 
I do think what she's saying is not entirely inaccurate, which is there is a big component of young people on their phones and on the internet that are doing things that are like, that give me hope for the future. You know, I don't think it's just a, a wasteland of, of, of people, of people who are like just watching TikTok and making TikTok and that's all they care about. I think there is a huge component there. Um, but, but, yeah, but what, what generation didn't have a little like shit posting and totally well, like, get that. I mean, but also like, tic- so I've been looking at TikTok a lot lately, obviously for many different reasons. I think we talked about this last week. There's some truly, really brilliant creative people on TikTok doing things that are like, I'm like, that's fantastic. Like, this is a fantastic piece of art or a miniature movie or like just a funny, weird way to use the medium. And I and like or is like very provocative, like politically or whatever. And I'm like, that's fucking great. And like people are really using this medium in a way that feels like good and special. TikTok, TikTok creatively hit the right notes that I also Twitter hit, which were just enough constraints so that it's fun to it's a challenge to create something out of it but also just an a to, enough freedom that you can make anything it's the reason why like coloring inside the lines can sometimes be way more fun than just making whatever you want like you do need restrictions artists and creatives should have boxes like that they have to work within and if like right. a song if a 3 minute song is an artificial restriction cuz you could make any sounds they don't have to be like they don't have to be notes and they don't have to fit within three minutes, but a three minute pop song is a format and look at all the creative things we've done with it. A TikTok is a new format. It's like, it has to be this length. It, it ends it like it, it, it's ephemeral and it sort of just pops up out of nowhere and it needs to get its point across in those specific ways. And you have usually very low like production budget to make this thing. Right. And so like, it's a totally new format and it succeeds on like that merit because it's for a whole generation of people have found a, a new fertile ground to make stuff in that nobody did yet. Um, yeah. And that's fun. That's like the most exciting thing. Yeah. And I think so anyhow, but the point is the ad is bad for many reasons and it's not Billie Eilish's fault, you know, again, get that money, et cetera. But like, I also think um, it's always good to point out that like I selling out to Deutsche Telekom is like not that cool. And if Billie Eilish really wants to make a statement about her generation, there's like she's an artist who has a huge platform and there's many ways to do it. And she has done it here and there. Um, but, you know, it's just like it's just cringy to me. It was just like a very cringeworthy um, like it's just like at some point, aren't we going to go? Aren't we going to square? How do we square um, like what we are Spending we our think, time on with what we well, believe. Well, how do we square with like, yeah, that, but also how do we square this idea that like we're like cheering on the sellout um, when, and yet like. We want to break the wheel of capital. We, right. Yes, exactly. You want to change, you want to change the structure, the power structure and all that shit. And yet like, you're still like, we're still like going like, oh, do the Sprite ad, you know? And it's like. I'm not saying Sprite's a problem, like whatever, it's a drink, but you know, like the, these are like large corporations that control a lot of like, and believe me, the people on the Coca-Cola is, I think is the Sprite owner, you know, you check out the people who are on the board of Coca-Cola and the shit that they're involved in and ask yourself if you think that brand is a good brand to align with. And the reality is like, you'll find that it flies in the face of everything you value politically 
and culturally and socially. And so like at some point you just kind of, I don't want to be an old guy being like, you know, fight the power or whatever, but you just got to square I think that. People believe that. I think that, that they're just not very good at sticking to it or seeing it or, or maintaining like, because people rejected the Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad, right? Like I think. Yeah. But, but, but that was because it was so. Poorly uh, just, done. <laughs> it was just so outrageously embarrassingly like but would they have rejected it yeah would they have rejected it if at the end of it they were like for every pepsi purchased we're donating this to black lives matter and we need to make a difference kendall jenner will be doing a tour around the country giving educational courses about black lives it's like that would be good and it would get them a quote-unquote pass but in fact Pepsi will never actually do anything meaningful to change the system because it is wildly successful in the system. So like, at what point do we like, at, at what point do we not give any of this shit a pass? Like Billie Eilish comes off as really authentic. And so it gets a pass, but like, it isn't authentic. It's made by a telecom to sell you on using your phone more. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's, it's also like just this single thing to me is it's, it was cringy to watch, but and it's not even that big of a deal. And so we've spent a lot of time on it when it's not even that big of a thing, but it does speak more to like the moment in history that we're having going back to our political conversation from the beginning of the episode. And it's like, you want to smash the system and fucking break up the way things were and like change how we think about caring for people and being with people and taking care of our, of our, you know, uh, brethren in, in our countries and all this stuff. And like, and then it's like, but you also want to get paid by Deutsche Telekom to like shill for their shit. And you want to like do the Sprite commercial and you want to like, and it's like, you want to get that, get that fucking cash. You want to like that, like that's the reason why like the Jake Pauls of the world even fucking exist. You know, so much of like what you see on like so much of these this influencer culture is just capitalist culture. You know, so much of it is just like a pursuit of, you know, money and goods and experiences that are like what the a capitalist society holds up as the end game to your fucking labor. And meanwhile, like we're paying people like less than minimum wage to work in Amazon warehouses where they don't have fucking health insurance and they people are coming be. in and people are coming in with fucking COVID and they're making people sick. And we have a government that doesn't take care of its citizens. And we have fucking that are all in the pocket of fucking corporations that are literally like Trump is doing policies in, in alignment with these corporations. You have fucking people like the NRA that are supporting like the murder of Americans so they can keep lining their pockets with money from these fucking gun makers. And we're supposed to sit here and be like, look at these fucking Jake Paul motherfuckers on on TikTok or on fucking YouTube or wherever and go like yeah that's the life that's what I want when it actually is in support of all of the things that we actually that we need to fucking destroy you know I'm not saying I don't like nice things I do you know I have nice things I buy nice things and I've like worked really hard to get them and there are and I and I believe that hard work can get you there right and I think that that's not a bad thing to be able to like work hard make money have nice things completely fine pursuit the question is like do we have we created a structure where, where more of that is happening or less where, of where a happening. lot more of it is happening than it's ever an attainable goal and that if if you can't attain that goal that you can still have a great life and the answer is no we've created a structure where one percent of all of the people i mean whatever you could call it one percent you could call it eight percent whatever the number is are in control of the money and have life's pleasures available to them and 99% or 92% or whatever the number is, it's a big fucking number 
are struggling. You know, I was reading a thread today on Twitter of people posting on Reddit about their financial situation, people who've lost their jobs, who have families. And every one of these posts was like fucking heartbreaking. And we are in one of the richest countries in the world. We have more billionaires, I believe, than any other country in the world. We have people who have made enormous profit off of this pandemic. And yet, you know, we, we have still... a country where you're essentially not allowed to get cancer. Yes, you're not allowed yet, to do right. that. And yet we can't figure out a solution to to distribute the and I don't mean distribute the wealth so people become, you know, uh lazy consumers. I mean distribute the wealth so people can fucking eat and take care of their children and have fucking health care, basic shit, have housing, have mental health care. Like basic things that you should do in a society, in a functioning democratic society. And so I guess like the Billie Eilish thing is a very small piece of this, but I do think that we've created a, a fuck. I mean, Facebook and Instagram and, you know, have created, helped to create an altar that we pray at to the most empty, hollow, bullshit ideals of humanity, which is like get rich, fucking party hard, die young, whatever it is, you know? And it's like, that's not. Like, so there is an emptiness to it. There's an emptiness. And I'm not saying it's this generation's emptiness. Every generation has the emptiness. Gen, you know, Gen X, there were just as many people who were fucking loving, like, Republican ass bullshit, you know, nuclear family, fucking Britney Spears, no offense. You know what I mean? Like pop culture and pop products that had nothing to do with, like, the, you know, actual essence of humanity. And anyhow, like, I get it. Every generation has fucking vacant assholes who don't care yeah but like I, i'm i'm of the generation that gave us the kardashians yeah so. <laughs> i mean right right i mean i mean but like the but the reality well the kardashians are a great example of of a pursuit of nothing of 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 wealth and opulence and 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 pleasure that that doesn't take into consideration like reality for other people and we built we built we've built a fucking system also where, wealth and luxury to the degree that it becomes meaningless and not right. enjoyable. We've built a system where Jeff Bezos can get richer and richer during a pandemic when millions, tens of millions of people have lost jobs, have no money, no money coming in. The government says, fuck you to, if you've lost a job. Yeah, we're not going to stop. We're going to stop giving you money. They say giving you money keeps you from going back to work and yet there are no jobs to go back to. And they know it. They know it. Where you have people who have families that are making decisions about like if they pay the electric bill or if they eat, and uh, and and yet outside of that, we've built an uh, an ornate altar that we pray at twenty four seven to a lifestyle that is unattainable for ninety nine percent of the people, and that is enjoyed by people who would do everything they can to keep that ninety nine percent down, and so like. There is a disconnect and there needs to be a bigger fucking disconnect. That to me is the reason why you see the protests that we've been seeing, that you see fucking people smashing the windows of stores, that you see people setting shit on fire. Like there is a justification, which is like the system is broken and like so much of it is connected. So much of the broken stuff is connected and so much of it is engineered to hold people down. Like at some point you have to say enough. And so like, yeah, Billie Eilish's commercial for a fucking German, uh, a telecom company doesn't really matter that much, but it is indicative of this world and this life and this viewpoint that I think needs to come crashing down to some extent. And like, my only hope is that Gen Z, the thing that they are talking about in this ad where they're like, 
you know, Gen Z being addicted to your phone is good. Like keep doing stuff on your phone. You're making change actually sees through that message and figures out like where, like where the change actually can happen because like we need, we've been abandoned by previous generations. You know, the, the generations that built this wealth will do everything they can to protect it. And those are, those are the, the dead and the dying who want to pass it on to their children, the Jared Kushners of the world. Those are people who would like nothing more than to put you under their fucking boot heel. And so like, you know, th- like that is the thing that we have to fight against and, and we have to think about, and we have to uh, put in our brains when you see the fucking crass capital, like capitalist consumerism that is sold as like an ideal lifestyle. And I think I've ranted about this for too long, but anyhow, what I'm saying is smash the system, wake up sheeple, and take the red pill. What radicalized you? Billy Eilish's ad for a phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for real. Actually, anyway. that's a good that's a good tweet. It's a really good tweet. <clears throat> and um, then just a screenshot of her uh, shilling for Deutsche Telekom. <laughs> All right, we gotta wrap up now. We've gone yeah, we got we very got it. long. We got that was a, something nice. That was a long ass rant. I feel like that rant was good though. Like I'm feeling it was good. I feel, I feel cleansed. You're mad by the as rant. hell, and you're not going to take it anymore. I am mad as hell. I want, I want, you know, gamers rise up is what I'm saying. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do Delete nice it. things. Good things. What do we call it? nice things? Nice good things. things. Nice we things. Have let's a, do we nice. have a feature. We have a thing called, called good, good finds. Good finds. Now I'm yeah. getting confused. Let's do nice things. Go ahead, you go. Oh, so uh, this week I am going to eat some of my own words and eat my own shit. I uh, purchased the Razer Kishi, which is a controller for your Android phone that plugs into the USB-C slot. It's not like a Bluetooth controller. It's like a little shell that goes around your phone. This is for pro Um, gamers. Yeah, this is for psychos like me. Um, And they put out an Xbox version that had all the buttons you'd need to like use xCloud or uh, Game Pass is maybe the official name of their. I I don't know. Oh, this is nice. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It feels fantastic. It has oh, made wow. playing games on my phone feel great. And frankly, what what, what phone are you what, what phone are you plugging in here? A Pixel. Okay, so does it work? It works with most. Oh, they make it for the iPhone too. Uh, the iPhone one isn't out yet. I right, but they me, make it. They it. make it for. They make it. Does the Does it matter? Are the buttons the same? They just have the Xbox logo on the one that. I mean, it's the same thing, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. Like, there's no difference between the regular Android one, which is $80, and the Xbox one, which is $100. It comes with the Xbox buttons pre on there, and I think it also just integrates directly with the – you don't have to, like, map the keys mm. or anything in the Xbox mm. app. But okay. I played with the Xbox app, and frankly, maybe I'm not eating shit because I, I never said Xbox's streaming was bad. I said Stadia was bad. Stadia yeah, continues has to bad be games. bad. It has yeah. bad games. So when there are good games on streaming and I can play them on my phone with a controller, guess what? I fucking love that. So wait, That's let me get great. this straight. So you're feeling like you are enjoying the experience of of putting your phone in here and firing up Xbox, whatever it's called, yeah. and playing it's games. It's basically what? playing a Switch with Xbox graphics while I watch TV. It's the and best. It should, be, it should be like the best graphics possible, right? Yeah, it's incredible. And and frankly, Microsoft has like cracked the damn code because I don't feel lag. And I am someone who, I mean, there's some lag because it's a modern game, but um, I am someone who like purchases original hardware to play on a CRT with an original controller because I hate lag that much. So like, if I like it, it's probably pretty good. And so I just have to say like everybody out there, Definitely PlayStation 5 is the wow. way to go. But Xbox wow. game streaming, maybe you don't need to buy the Xbox this time around. You just get the streaming pass. So, so you're in are you you're in like the beta right now, right? Yeah. 
dude, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna join the beta. Yeah, it's good. It's it's sick. It's basically like having a Netflix for really good games. This is actually you, play you them know, on your I, phone. I'm actually going away for uh, a couple of weeks and uh, was gonna take my PS4. I still may take it. We're going to stay at a house. Uh, take Zelda on a little summer vacation. Attempted a summer vacation. Um, you gotta have good Wi-Fi. Like you gotta know that it's yeah. internet. At well, least. yeah, I'm still taking the PS4, but like this is kind of like maybe I should also do this. I mean, I could just like chill in bed and play Xbox. Like that's exciting. Yeah, and and what's even more exciting is at some point five G phones are going to come out, and then you won't right. even need Wi Fi. Like you'll just be able to do right. it wherever. Like game streaming, I've always been critical of it because I love physical hardware. I love ha- owning my games on physical media. I love knowing that it is playing locally, and I don't have to like have an internet connection if the internet goes out or if I'm on the subway. Like that, there will always be a place for that. But I'm being sold on this more than I thought that I would be. So wait, what is this? So there's so I'm looking at the tiers. They have ultimate. I'm looking at the uh, at the Game Pass thing, which yeah. is what they're calling it. Yes, Xbox Game Pass. So it's only it's how many games are, are there? Any good games in here? Oh my god, the games are awesome. They're so are good. They? Yeah, they're all look at, look games, at the games, new releases, and everything coming out for the Xbox Series X will be available on streaming day and date. Oh, from really? Microsoft Studios at least. Yes, everything that you've seen of every Xbox launch game so far will be day and date released on the streaming service. I mean. Some they got some uh some Yakuza here I see. Have you played this game? Yeah, Yakuza. Yakuza Kiwami too. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I don't. I can't follow the Yakuza series. I I bought like Yakuza. You could just pick them up wherever. I bought one of them. Up. You can I mean, just Alan Wake. You know whatever. Oh, a Plague Tale. I would like to play that. I've been thinking about playing that. Uh, what do we have here? Let me see. Blair Witch. I hear is very good actually. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dead by Daylight. Oh, Dead Cells. Well, I mean, I play Dead Cells on my Switch. Deliver Us the Moon is quite good. I've been playing on my um, on my PC, but that's interesting. I, I can play it here. Yet. It's good. I mean, I'm kind of like stocking apart. And I got a little bit bored, but like, it's good. I've never played any of the Gears of War games, so maybe this is my chance to start. Don't they're play fun. Halo. They're fun. Not, I mean, not Gears of War guy. and Halo are exactly what you think they are, but they're fun. I mean, these are all games. There are a lot of games here I would play. Yeah. If I didn't it's have to much buy better them, than PlayStation now. Yeah, I mean, oh, they have No Man's Sky. Wow. Uh, I mean, these are games that I definitely have played or would play if I did, and if I didn't have to actually like pay for them for it's sure. Twenty dollars a month, and the amount of money Wait, I it's have fifteen dollars on- a month. It says fifteen dollars a month. Oh well, maybe I rounded it up in my head. Oh, they it's, have Yaku. Oh, so they have. It's oh wait, no. Very affordable, and frankly, like the amount of money I spend on games, I probably would be better off just paying a yearly fee for streaming. Oh, so wait a second. So this, how this works is if you get the ultimate package, it's all the PC games and the console games. Yeah. And streaming. interesting. And yeah, it's $15 a month. I mean, I definitely shouldn't do this. It's a banging deal. But, oh, I should say when you order the Razer Kishi Xbox version, you get two weeks of Xbox streaming free with it. So wait, oh, really? to, wait to try it out with that. But yeah. It's sold out. The Kishi's sold out. I should not be spending money on things like this. You're killing me. Sorry. You're killing me. Oh, it's available. Nope. Sold out. I just wonder. Oh, God. I'm so mad. I wish you'd have told me about this sooner. No, I wait, didn't know it if says, it was going to be any good. It says this is a pre-order. No, that's Did the you? iPhone one is the pre-order. The Are Xbox sure? one is out. Yeah. No, this says USB-C on Amazon says it's a pre-order. I got and one from the Razer website. It's sold out on the Razer website. Yeah. Razor, send me a Kishi. I'll review it. 
quote unquote <laughs> review it. Um, anyhow, well, that's very interesting. Very good, very good, nice thing, in yeah. my opinion. Very good. Now I have to have one, right? Isn't that how it yeah, goes? That's how it goes. <clears throat> okay, I'll tell you my nice thing, which is maybe related to a, it's actually related to a bad thing. Um, so you know, I've had very bad back problems, and uh, yeah. I have been doing physical therapy, which I have to say, physical therapy is a pretty wild, um, pretty wild thing. Uh, it just is like you, uh, you know, experience things that you don't expect to experience. But I had this, uh, um, I, uh, I ordered intimate physical therapy. Well, it's very, it's very intimate. And, and, uh, but also it's, it's like, you know, I don't know how my body works at all. Like I'm just, my body is a mystery to me. I don't know what it's doing, but we, I found out that there's like, uh, I've been having this insane pain in my arm and like, apparently there's a spot, a muscle that I can press one of my pec muscles which will make this pain and tingling stop in my arm. So anyhow, there's a, you know, I've had this horrible pain in my arm. We found this spot, a muscle that's all tensed up that you can press on, which will stop the pain, which is incredible. I ordered, I took the plunge and I ordered a Theragun, which like I thought was nonsense, but I asked people on Twitter about it. And literally everybody was like, um, no, this thing is awesome. You should definitely get it, you know? And, um, I, it's coming today, I think. And I'm going to use it. And like, I, I, one thing that I'm learning, this is my nice thing is that like, um, there is a way like you can actually, you do have control over like how you feel and knowing more about like how your body works is like this interesting. I mean, maybe everybody knows this and I'm just like learning it because I have never done this is like a way to unlock like, uh, all sorts of like, you know, just like. I, you assume that like the only way you can fix something that's broken is like, you have to go to a doctor and you have to get pills from them. Uh, by the way, I do have like anti-inflammatory pills and muscle relaxers and stuff, but like more than any of that stuff, what seems to work is like realizing that I'm like tensing my fucking shoulders all day long. And then I'm sitting with bad posture and that like, there are muscles that have knots that need to be like worked out and stretched. And if I do that, I actually feel better. Yeah, I know this sounds really dumb to most people. It's a dangerous path to go down, though, because then you become one of those yoga fitness people. Who's oh, no, like, I know. I All know. you what? need is to bend and flow. <laughs> I mean, I, I realize. They're not wrong. They're just annoying. <laughs> I, I, I realize, uh, you know, that this also is a pathway to, like, being an anti-vaxxer or whatever. I'm look, I fully support doctors and what doctors do. And I'm, and, and if they're, and they're like, you need a cortisol uh, injection. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get it. And I am getting it supposedly. But in the, in the interim period, while I'm waiting to get that injection, I'm actually <laughs> discovering that there are things that I can do that um, are really good. And one thing is like important is that like, I have been sitting and working for so long and using such bad posture and having such bad ergonomics. I cannot overstate this enough. If especially now that everybody's working from home, if you work, if you sit and work all day at a computer, get f- investigate how to get your ergonomics right and go and buy the things you need to do that. It will make a big fucking difference. Uh, and like what I've learned is that you know I, there are y- y- you really do have to take some ownership of like your body and 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 and, and think about the ways that like you know that you can personally be responsible for, you know, your own health and, and well-being. And like, I feel like this has just been a trip for me. Um, so my nice thing, I guess, is like stretching. No, I don't know. It's like knowing, like thinking about what your body's doing and, and like, and being, uh, and caring for it, which is something that I've done a very bad job at. 
I don't know. This sounds like really uh, like spiritual. I feel but, like we um, switched positions usually because usually I'm the one who's like, my thing is knowing joy. And your thing is like, I bought this doodad <laughs> and we switched. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No. Well, you know, uh, it's working, you know, yeah. stream WAP. <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about WAP. Yeah. What What is there left to say? Except that is a that is a WAP. Yeah. That's what that is. Wow. We stand. We gotta, we gotta go. Bye. Bye. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week, but I won't be because I'm taking a vacation for the first time ever in my life. Um, but uh, Ryan will be here with guests and it's going to be very great. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. Uh, though I've just learned that your family are all cops and they're uh, now arresting one another. So it's a very nasty situation. <laughs>